restoration of grace. Please share with as many people as possible. Thank you. Use your share button and share with as many people as possible. We started last week a new series on the Constitution of the Believer, which is based on my uh, latest book, uh, which is only in Italian for the time being, but I have someone that uh, is going to translate it in English, so soon it will be available in English. Hallelujah. So, 23 basic articles on the true Christian creed which transcend any form of tradition or religionism and which can help us filter all that is non-biblical and non-scriptural in the religionism of the church these days. All the doctrines and creeds and, and, and declarations and, and, and ways of thinking and ways of teaching that, uh, that somehow bring uh, a different type of uh, understanding uh, from the, from the basic grace and love of God. So it's a constitution that supersedes every other law, every other, the constitution of South Africa says that if the law that is passed by parliament does not adhere, does not submit, does not line up with the constitution of the, of the, of the country, then that law must be changed. And this is what I'm talking about. If the doctrine that you follow, if the, if the teaching that you hear, if the, if the book that you read, if uh, whatever it is that you're busy doing at this point in time does not line up with the constitution of uh, the believer, then that law, that doctrine, that teaching must change. Amen. And so, um, obviously, this is, uh, this is my point of view. This is what I have... Um, written 23 basic articles taken from this book uh, and uh, I invite you to um, to uh, investigate the scriptures to, to, to filter the scripture to filter whatever I say in the light of the scripture and if it doesn't fit then throw it away but at least give me the benefit of the doubt take away the, the, the blinkers take away those, the, those religion religionistic uh, blockages that, that stop you from seeing uh, Christianity in its beauty, in its simplicity, the, the real way it is. So, let's carry on. Now, uh, it's a constitution, it's a book created to evaluate doctrines, listen to sermons, watch videos, read books and receive any other form of teaching in the light of the truth that sets us free. Today, the fourth article of the Constitution. Redemption is universal, but salvation is personal. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. One of the many sad heresies that have plagued the church for centuries, for centuries is the doctrine of universalism. Now, not universalism where any deity is acceptable and valid for salvation. I don't care if it's Allah, um, Shiva, uh, whatever, uh, whatever other, other deity. But the, the, the universalism where it is assumed that in Christianity there is practically no free will. 
What does it mean? This, this way of thinking says that Christ's sacrifice has covered all human beings and whether they want it or not, whether they like it or not, God extends this event of redemption to everyone and saves everyone. Uh, no, because the, the, the backbone, the, the, the core of love, it's freedom of choice. If I am not free to choose not to love you, then what you're giving me is not love. It's control, it's submission, it's, it's uh, manipulation, it's, it's all sorts of ugly stuff, but it's not love. So, let's define these two events. Uh, according to Romans chapter 3, verse 22, 22 to 24, this is what it says. Uh, Paul says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Okay, now redemption was purchased by Jesus Christ for all. In other words, all, in, in, in this word all, we find two groups of people. Those who believed, saved, and those who fall short of the glory of God. In other words, the unsaved. And here we have the wonderful revelation that Paul gives us in these verses. All believers, all believers and non-believers, saved and not, justified and not, all are freely pardoned through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Sinners and non-sinners, short of the glory of God or full of the glory of God, all have been redeemed. Now let's look at Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9 and verses 11 and 12, and this is what it says. Hebrews 9, 11 and 12, it says, Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. Okay, now watch. In the Old Testament, and when I say old, I mean old, because the, 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 it is actually the, the, the letter to the Hebrews that declares that uh, uh, the Testament has old, the Old Testament has passed away, it's gone, it's ready to be discarded, it's not in, in force anymore. Don't come and bring me an obscure verse from the prophet uh, Zechariah uh, that says this, that doesn't interest me. It interests me from a point of view of information, from a point of view of education, but it doesn't interest me from a point of view of revelation because it's not spoken to me. It's spoken to Israel. Old Testament, up to the cross, is spoken to Israel. Now, of course, obviously, this is the Word of God, so you can apply a personal teaching from, from every comma, every dot, every, every, every single word in this, in this book. You can, you can derive a, a, a revelation because it's been inspired by God. So God expires and you inspire. Exactly the same way that you pronounce the name. Yah, Yah, you ex he expires and you inspire. Whatever comes out of God goes into you and it's life. And life abundant. However, listen to me. Don't read other people's mail. It's illegal. <laughs> Your mail starts at the cross. When Jesus says it is finished, the veil rented, God came out of the Israeli 
tabernacle made with hands and went out into the tabernacle of David, which was open to everybody. And suddenly God is not the God of Israel anymore, he's the God of the world. He's always been the God of the world. But religion uh, puts him in a, the same God of the Old Testament, he's the God of the New Testament. Yeah, he is the same God, but there's been, the cross has changed the whole thing. The cross has started what is called the New Testament. So please concentrate on the New Testament, but leave the Old Testament for another day. So he says, 11 and 12. Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of this creation. God told Moses to make a certain tabernacle and to make it according to the pattern shown to him on the mountain, which was the pattern of the heavenlies. Everything, I've written a book called Shadowland. In this book, I, 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 I show you how every item in the tabernacle of Moses speaks of Jesus. From the curtains to the gates to the altar to the to the uh, to the candlestick to the to the pillars, everything speaks of Jesus. Jesus is that Jesus is that uh, scarlet thread that goes through from Genesis one one to the beginning to the end of Revelation. This book is all about Jesus, hundred percent Jesus. No no uh, genuine genuine Jesus, hundred percent only Jesus, and that's the key. To Revelation. So it says uh, that it says that uh, uh, with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, in other words, the tabernacle in heaven, not of, of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all, having obtained what? Eternal redemption. Eternal. Don't come and tell me you can lose it. It's eternal. Yeah, it's eternal. It says, yeah, eternal. If it's eternal, you can't lose it, okay? You're being redeemed, redeemed eternally. Whether you believe it or not, whether you, you're, a, you're a Christian or a Muslim, whether the, the, the blood of Christ has covered and has redeemed humanity. Now, the blood of goats and calves acquired redemption for all the people, in the, no distinction, for all the people of Israel. No one left out. The blood of goats and calves acquired on the Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, the, um, the, 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 the high priest would go into the tabernacle with the, with the, with the goat, with the scapegoat, and, he would, and the blood shed of the goat would cover the sins, cover, not take away, but cover the sins of all Israel, everyone in Israel, for one year. So here it says, the blood of goats and calves acquired, and calves acquired redemption for all the people of Israel, all them for a year. The blood of Christ has acquired eternal redemption for all humanity. Now, one last scripture. There are many. But I have to stop somewhere. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this. God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ. Has reconciled the world. Has reconciled what? The church. The good ones. Your denomination. The ones who behave properly. No, the world. The world. The prostitute. The, the pedophile. The drug peddler. The the politician, well, I don't know about the politician, but anyway, I suppose the politician. Uh, the world, the whole world, God has reconciled the world to himself in Christ, not imputing their trespasses, or their, their sin, to, the, to men, and has committed to the, us the word, of, the word of reconciliation. In other words, the two, the two elements of this equation is God has reconciled, and then you will see that in verse 20, Paul says, Now I beg you, reconcile yourself to God. Grace reconciles, faith receives that reconciliation. 
Now God has reconciled the world, everyone. God did not hold them responsible for their sins. All of them. God has redeemed humanity. All of them. Everyone. In verse 15 of Hebrews 9, this is what he says. He says, for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant. Note it doesn't say that the modern covenant. This is the new covenant. Why? Because the old one is finished. Past. Gone. Obsolete. Uh, he's the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance eternal inheritance oh man I tell you clearer than this I don't know it's eternal redemption it's eternal re inheritance who receives an inheritance sons so your, your sonship is eternal not taking it away, not losing it, no nothing. It's eternal. The word mediator is clearly significance of the necessary existence of two parts. Mediator. Medium, medium, in between, medium, mediator. A broker has no meaning alone. Just as Paul says in Galatians 3.20, he says a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Now, why did the apostle feel the need to add the phrase, but God is one. Because in drafting the original covenant with Abraham, the father of faith, God does not seal a covenant with man, but stipulates it with himself. But God is one. Hebrews 6.13, watch what it says. Hebrews 6.13, when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. By himself. It, God didn't make a covenant with Abraham. He made it with himself. Uh, mediator, but God is one. Mediator is two in the old part in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament is one because God made the the, the picture of Abraham, the father of faith. God put him to sleep. Abraham went to sleep. He had no part in this in this covenant. Abraham was sleeping, just the same way that Adam was sleeping when God created Eve. Thank God. Otherwise, most probably. Adam would have said, hey, I like this. Can I have six instead of two? Or, uh, or whatever. <laughs> smile, it's okay, smile. And then God put to sleep Peter, James, and John. Why? Because what would they have prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane while Jesus was struggling, uh, sweating blood? What would they have prayed? Father, save him. And God says, look, we're wasting time here because this has to happen. So don't, don't pray. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Go to sleep. And they sleep. And so, when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could not sway by himself, but by, by, by one greater, he saw by himself the man Abraham was sleeping. So, so here comes the second half of the equation. God redeems everyone, but in order to take advantage of the benefits of this redemption, in other words, to receive salvation, you have to believe. And this is why Romans 4.3 confirms indeed what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him as righteousness. In other words, the covenant was made between God and God. The redemption was established for all humanity. However, Abraham, to be part of the covenant, he had to believe it. Okay, uh, 1 Timothy 2, 4-7. This is from another book that I've written, unfortunately, also only in Italian. For a while, most probably, I will I will uh, print it in English. Uh, somebody has offered to translate it for me. So uh, the announcement, which is my 
free interpretation of the of the letters of Paul in everyday language. Uh, 1 Timothy 2 4 7 says the desire for God or the desire of God is that all human beings can know the truth about Jesus Christ and be saved. This is the desire of God. That all human beings can know the truth about Jesus Christ and be saved. God on one side of the chasm, humanity on the other. And in the middle, the open arms of Jesus. Jesus Christ on the cross, which act as a bridge. He shed every drop of his blood so that all men could cross that chasm. This is the announcement that God wants to make to the world. This is the message that has been entrusted to me. This is the pure truth. This is what Paul says. Now let's put it this way. On the one side of the chasm of death, there's this great big unending canyon that is called death. The law of sin and death. Death. This side is all humanity. That side of the chasm is called redemption. No person in that group, despite having been redeemed from the wages of sin, from death, can cross that chasm unless they decide to accept what Jesus Christ got on the cross, the forgiveness of sins. John 1.19, Behold Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. At that moment, whoever believes crosses that chasm thanks to the bridge created by the arms of Jesus nailed to the cross. NB, author's note, uh, in brackets, the word pontiff, pontiff, that, that, uh, that the Roman Catholics apply to the Pope, derives from this image. Pontefice is he who carries the bridge. My friend, there is only one pontiff, and his name is Jesus, not the Pope. The Pope didn't shed his blood for you. The Pope didn't die on the cross for you. The Pope cannot take you to heaven. I don't care how many different ones you have. The only one who can cross the chasm of sin and death is Jesus, the arms of Jesus. And so God does not force anyone to believe God announces the good news of redemption through the blood of Christ. After which he takes a step back and waits to hear, thank you, I accept. In, in, in fact, why don't, you, why don't you say this? Why don't you say this with me? Say, God Almighty, I accept the bridge. I choose the bridge. I don't want to stay on that side. I want to come to this side. Redemption is fine, but salvation is what I need and what I want. So I choose the bridge and I cross the bridge of your son's arms stretched on the cross for me. So, probably the clearest interpretation of this concept is offered to us precisely by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2, 7, from 7 to 10, again from the announcement version. Imagine now the joy that our Creator feels in covering us with an abundance of grace and in manifesting Himself to all creation, now and forever, our inclusion in Christ, the generosity of the cross, the generosity of the cross. The cross offers, faith receives. So simple. Our salvation was his idea and his initiative. All we have to do is believe it. Salvation is not the reward for good works. If that was the case, we would probably go around boasting that we deserve it. No, we are 
his story, we are his poetry, verse after verse, rhyme after rhyme, he is the writer. We are nothing but the empty page that he fills with the plot that he has created for us. In summary, all humanity has been redeemed, forgiven, justified by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his blood shed for everyone. But to be able to receive the benefits of salvation, one must accept the sacrifice, that sacrifice by faith. So not everyone goes to heaven. Everyone has the opportunity to go there, but only if they believe it. Therefore, Article 4 of the Constitution declares that if the message that is preached, the instructions that are given, or the doctrine that is taught, say that everyone is saved, and everyone goes to heaven, whether they believe in Christ or not, those doctrines are unconstitutional. Amen. Abba, Daddy God, thank you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for loving my brothers and sisters so much that you have indeed shed every drop of blood in your body to create that bridge between redemption and salvation, that, that chasm, over that chasm of sin and death so that we don't have to die, we don't have to perish, but we can have everlasting life. And so I pray that everyone that doesn't, who doesn't know you right now, you will say with me, I choose the bridge. I want to cross over. I choose the bridge. Amen. Thank you, Father God. I bless you with health. I bless you with strength. I bless you with peace. I bless you with joy. I bless you with life and life abundant. A big hug. See you tomorrow for Article 5. Amen.